What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Doing business like a CEO while saving like a CFO. Staples has all the supplies you need to run your business like a boss at prices that'll make your bookkeeper smile. Now that is an achievement. Everything from markers and pens to 2019 desk calendars. And right now, a 12-pack of Sharpie markers and an 8-pack of Expo dry erase markers are only $4.99 each. At Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. Ends one nineteen nineteen in store only. What are we going to do as a church? Our souls need to wake up. We need to respond to the gospel of Jesus. He said, go into the world. We don't want to deal with reality, Christian. We don't even want to deal with reality even though we've been saved from this place. I'm calling on you today in the name of Jesus to rise up to the call of God. Christ is coming back soon. If I start telling people about hell, I might just scare them off. Where are you going to scare them off to? Hell number two? People stop thinking about it. If hell really exists, and it does, I didn't say that Jesus did, then don't you think people need to know about it? Can't you at least give them a fighting chance? Are you just going to sit there and let them burn? Unprofessional. We like that unprofessional <laughs> vibe that only we as unprofessionals can bring, so it doesn't matter if somebody calls on your phone or whatever. If your kid calls, man, take the, take the call on your cell phone. We don't care. This isn't an interview. This is just a conversation that other people can be a part of if they so choose to waste their time with us. It's good to see you, man. I haven't seen you since we were in Dallas. And then um, Tom and I did your show. How long ago was that? Yeah. A month or two ago? Yeah. Yeah. What was it? March, April, somewhere around there? No. Was that, was, that had to have been your most popular show, I'm sure, right? Is that is that yeah. the one where the, the view counts just went off the charts? Well... I tell you what, the, uh, the responses were good. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> okay. All right. Cool. For the responses. Giving, I don't know what that means. That could be very negative. No, no. That's it's very positive. They were giving um their own um, feedback on places that you were mentioning in the in the interview. Yeah, we kind of. I remember we kind of flew off the rails on that one. We went we went pretty dark pretty quick. But hey, it happens. It's a dark world. Yeah, man. Uh, this this world that we're living in now is. It's getting crazy, day by day. Um, all, all of the doggone um, uh, things happening in politics around the world, um, in entertainment, it's all converging at one time. And when, when you look at everything, you're like, wait a minute, how can, like say for instance in 2016, we had all the, the black shootings and whatever by the cops. You're like, how is this all happening at one time in the same year? How? Something's going on. I mean, you could you could say it's mind control, MK Ultra, this, that, and the other. But since we can't put our, our hand on it, it's it's like a thing where something's coordinating. It just does not happen by coincidence. Yeah, you you're right. Chuck Chuck Missler often, from what I remember, referred to it as a, a managed agenda. You know, and that's really that was a really good way to describe it. No matter what aspect of society you were looking at today that was being represented in the media it all seemed to be part of like a, a single hand you know different fingers on, on the same hand it was this managed agenda and you know like you though probably i mean everybody's got their own you know their own specialties and interests but it seems like it's virtually impossible for one person to just maintain like visuals on the whole thing all the time you know it just there's just too much going on to really pay attention to all of it. And here recently, I can't even, apart from some shows on Netflix, 
Um, you know, I usually watch an episode of something every night before I go to bed. I have not turned on television or cable or even been to the movies in the better part of like six months. I just, I'm tired of it. I hate the media. And now, let me ask you this, because you're up near Las Vegas, right? So when you go to the gas stations, you might have had this before us. But here recently in, in my part of Texas, they just installed televisions at all the gas pumps. And it yeah. drives me freaking crazy because I can't even get away from the television at the gas pump without gas station TV coming at you live with the word of the day. Do you guys, yeah. have, do you guys have gas station TV? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Every time. Have you figured out there's a button that you can press, though, that mutes it? Have you figured that out? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Every time. So it, it, first one, it's loud and annoying. And then what you're saying, I don't want to hear anyway. So I just, poop mute. Well, especially if you're on the phone. You know, especially, uh, if you're on the, especially if you're on the phone and they're still trying to brainwash you with, with corporately owned media and you're just trying to pump gas, you know, you just want to – last time I just wanted to hit the screen, you know. It's like I just want someplace. Like what, I can't even pump gas in peace without the media brainwashing me there too? For real, for real. It's all over the place, man. Well, like, can't get away from it. If people haven't figured it out yet, you have a show called Don't Let Them Burn, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I can see. I can see from the T-shirt and the banner. You're representing yeah. the merch quite well. Tell tell people a little bit about your show and how you and your partner Rory got started. Well, the show is basically we we put it together to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and expose a lot of things in entertainment. But at the same time, we talk about Bible prophecy and world events, technology. We, we're in fact right now I can't, I can't seem to get away from technology. It's just everything is moving so fast. But anyway, um, I, I, I came. I used to rap, so I, I did all the uh, the stuff that the, the stuff that comes with hip hop. Except I didn't smoke weed or take any drugs, um, even though it was handed to me countless times. But um, I had my little run with that for like 13, 14 years, and within that time, uh, I started doing some stuff on the streets, and it wasn't drugs, but it was some other stuff, and you know, the Lord sent a, a message to my brother to tell me to put him first. And um, because back in 1988, that's when I received Christ and I just backslid uh, going through the public school system and getting, uh, you know, inundated with culture, you know. And yeah. by this time around, I say 2004, um, I got that message. And then basically something happened to me where I felt like I need to do something to some people, you know? Yeah. And the, the thing that was coming to my mind the whole time was vengeance, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And that kept going through my head, going through my head. So it was a thing about forgiveness. And I'd watched the movie Joseph at the time. You know what happened to Joseph when he had to go into Egypt and what happened to him, you know? And yeah. well, how, what, what his brothers did to him. And, and when, when I, I never read the story before. And when that movie finished, I was in tears, you know, because it was all about forgiveness. And the people that did this thing to me, they were relatives, you know. So it just clicked with me right away. So, you know, this after that, I was in a struggle of getting out of uh, the rap game and, um, you know, doing the stuff I was doing on the streets to make money. And by the end of 2006, all of that ended. And... Uh, I started watching Pastor Billy Crone's videos on YouTube, 
I, I, I remember how, I think I found them by looking up Bible prophecy stuff because I wanted to get into that again, you know? And I, I came up on the final, final countdown and then I came up on a couple other ones in this video, but there's this one, will the real church please stand up? I don't even know if it's available on the internet anymore, but in, that, in one part he said, you know, there's people dying and go to hell, are you gonna just sit there and let them burn? And that hit me, you know? And from there, uh, a couple of years later, you know, I, I, I went to a new church and the, the, the pastor was like, you know, God's telling me to tell you to go start your ministry. Do it now, you know, and I'm thinking, what am I going to call it? And I, this came back to my mind. Don't let them burn from that video. And so at the time, Rory, my partner, was the only one that was calling me to check up on me. I was on my face then. No money, you know, broke. And he was the only person from my church that was really checking up on me. But we, we started to see that we clicked together, reading about the same things, investigating UFOs, everything, you know? And we just clicked like that. And then I said, why don't you just join me? And then finally, you know, two and a half years ago, we, we decided to go live. But, but we did the first show recorded, and then we went on Block Talk, and then, you know, the rest is history, I guess. So we're growing. That's... That's so it's, a, it's primarily, is it, is, it, is it still primarily a blog talk show? Well, actually, I was going to stop the blog talk, really, because we get more attention on YouTube. But mm. we still do the blog talk because since it's a podcast, I could um, branch it out in different areas to iTunes or wherever else through the um, RSS feed. So we still do it. Oh, okay. See, because I, I have, dude, I'm so not technologically savvy at all. Like, I don't know, like, we, uh, our, our YouTube channel streams live to various uh, podcast platforms, but that's only because we've got a friend of the show that is like a computer whiz that said, hey, I can set this up for you if you want. And I was like, yeah, go ahead. And he did it in like 20 minutes. And so now the audio stream from our YouTube videos goes to everything. Now, I don't really know what he did, but we just do our live stream on YouTube every day and it ends up on Stitcher. It ends up on iTunes. It just ends up everywhere. Like, uh, I guess I, I heard that you could tell Alexa through Amazon to play through the black and you know, she will, I don't know. I did. If you set it up, I don't have Alexa. I prefer to, I pre you know, I already carry one of the most sophisticated government and spying devices in my yeah. pocket at all times. I don't necessarily feel like paying Amazon for another one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's cool, man. Because you know, one thing I've noticed about your show um, that's really cool is you guys are your media your your media game is solid. Like the videos and like the audio that you have and the intros and stuff like that. Like um, you, you've done a lot of work and it looks great. Like the show, like Tom and I were not. <laughs> we hit the start <laughs> button here and then I like do a I do a thumbnail. That's it. But you get I'm like wow. Because you, you go through and you break up all, all the clips of your show. You have awesome introductions. You've got great video. Um, did you – was it when you were do, when you were in the rap game, did you pick up some media skills like that? Or did you just kind of have fun learning it for doing what you're doing now with Don't Let Them Burn? Well, I, I was uh, – before I got into music, I did illustration. I used to draw comic books. And I wanted to become a comic book artist, actually. And um, – in the middle of all that, I got introduced to music and kind of let, let, left that behind in, in college. Um, I thought that we would make it, we could have actually made it <laughs> pretty big, but um, I, I started to tinker with um, Photoshop through uh, like 1988, you know? 
and sorry, not 1988, 1998. And my brother just finished college where I left off and I started learning from him Photoshop. And I started learning 3D programs at the same time. And then around, I would say 2000-ish, 2001-2, I started getting more into Photoshop. I started wanting to create my own business and everything. And then later on, around 2005, six, seven, that's where I kind of fell off from that. But I, I, and right before that, right before that, 2006, I, I was delving into, sorry, 2005, 2006, I was del delving into uh, mixing audio for the group. So I got into all the computer parts of, uh, you know, production and stuff like that. And um, I started getting good at it. But when 2006 came, all that, I, I threw it to the side, you know? And I even, we even did, because um, I, I was doing a magazine while doing a mixtape, you know? Yeah. And that was about to take off. Sony was right behind us, about to sponsor us, and the NFL was about to sponsor us. But no one still knew about us because the, the partner I had, she had a good mouth game, you know? And she was bringing in a, a whole bunch of support. But I was trying to get out. I didn't want to promote all this junk anymore. You know? And I was getting convic convicted about it. So that's where all the artistry lies. And so so I started to make my own business doing graphic design around 2011, 12, somewhere. And from there, I came back in, into doing ministry work and then used it for that. So that's where all that. Uh, talent comes from the, the past and then doing my own business. And I said, you know what? A lot of Christian movies, a lot of Christian shows don't have the top-notch graphics like Fox, CNN, Hollywood. I said, I don't want to look basic. I want to look like I, I'm actually spending money on this stuff, you know? And so that, because it's like, look, I'm a consumer. If I go into a, a um, Best Buy or something to pick up a CD, I'm going to be like, if this is ugly, I'm not buying it. Hmm. The next CD cover might have good artwork. It might suck, but I'm going to buy it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I want you to see our stuff and think good content just from the artwork. And when you dig into our content, it's a lot of content, man. It's so much content <laughs> that sometimes I go back to stuff we did last year, the year before. I'm like, whoa, this stuff. I remember this stuff. You know, yeah, you can't retain it all. But go ahead. Well, no, that's a good point, though. I mean, um, I've talked to Richard Shaw about that many times about his approach with the Watchers films that you know he did with Ellie Marzulli, and that was, you know, Richard would always make the arguments like this has to be like perfect, like this has to be like studio quality, like Hollywood quality, you know, and yeah. um, they would do everything that they could, and you, they, you know, they weren't necessarily able to get that on the budget that they had for the Watchers films, but that was very important was to come as close as possible. And, you know, Rob Skiba has the same philosophy with the seed project. You know, he doesn't want to produce, you know, that was the number one thing that really stunk about, um, you know, like Kirk Cameron's like left behind films, you know, it's like, it's great concept, you know, uh, you know, I, I know there's fixing to be a debate breakout someplace on YouTube or Facebook. I'm not, I'm not taking a rapture position here or anything. I'm just saying like, you know, Kirk Cameron's idea was to present the gospel and he did it in, you know, they used the left behind series as a way to do that with those movies, but those movies were terrible, man. I mean, they, they were so terrible, at least as far as I'm concerned that they were, they were actually good and that they were so bad. They provided comedy and they've <laughs> yeah. kind of become a joke 
they've kind of become a joke to you know the secular world that the remake had Nicolas Cage in it. And it, yeah. it was like it wasn't that good either. But you know, yeah. I mean, it just seems like it seems like Christian stuff is just yeah, you're right, dude. It just doesn't it doesn't seem to meet quality. But yeah. I don't know. That's why. You, you know, you're important. You get out there because your stuff looks good. I'm telling you, dude, it looks really good. It looks, oh, it you. looks. But something else I was remembering when we were in Dallas together, we were talking about, I think you and I were talking about comic books a lot. And that's one of the things yeah. that interested me about you was, you know, all the topics that you cover, UFOs and uh, Nephilim and, you know, modern day, you know, I'm like on your show, we talked about satanic super soldiers. You know, you, you just seem yeah. to, you seem to be interested in all of it, except for Bigfoot. I remember you weren't a big fan of Bigfoot. We need to get you to do a Bigfoot show, you know, for the, the don't let them burn crowd. But uh, Tom and I haven't even done a Bigfoot show yet, but we want to. That's a, that's a, that'd be a fun one. But anyway, um, yeah, comic books and mythology. You were, you were talking about how um, a lot of our, you know, superheroes and stuff were, were essentially demigods, but had their roots in, in mythology that tie back into the Nephilim. And, you know, I was fairly familiar with that concept, but where I kind of lack was I, I've never been into comic books. And so I've never looked at the origin stories or really anything other than the basic shallow superficial stuff you get from the movie when you go see it. So what have you, I mean, you, you said you were going to be a comic book artist. Do you still follow changes in comic book storylines and, 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 you know, just the whole lore and history and things that they're still creating or is that kind of in the past? It's in the past, but, I still follow a, a little smidgen just because the whole comic book industry is taken off to another level now. Uh, when, all right, you know, there are a lot of flops like uh, Daredevil, Elektra, stuff like that. So, it, it, the, you know, the first Hulk by Ang Lee, th those weren't box office success, you know? Yeah. And when, when Marvel started hitting a stride after The Incredible Hulk, and Iron Man, and you know what what came after that. I it started. I started paying attention, and then you know, Man of Steel came out. I said to my brother, I said, you know what? I think these comic book movies are to bring in a, a new age, the age of Aquarius. And he said, No, man, you're crazy, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I, I feel like I'm right, but I, I couldn't put my my hand on it. And then I read Christopher Knowles' book. He's, he's not a Christian. He's a Buddhist. And he is called uh, Our Gods Were Spandex. And he, he had a, a page in there of Aleister Crowley. Aleister Crowley um, had a, his encounter with the first god, uh, well, Superman or something, right? And uh, Horus. And so through some channeling events, he was basically told that you know this is going to be the age of the, the age of the, the new age would bring in the first the, the, the age of the superman you know and i was like boom it's right there it's this is it right here i have proof you know and so going backwards a little bit what, what are all the superheroes telling you that you can become gods through uh genetics you know it could be dodged through some sort of ritual occult, ritual of the occult. Uh, their gods coming from another planet or will become a god um, when they grow up on this planet or they're going to come and mate with women, earth women, or vice versa. The woman, the, the, the alien woman will mate with the, you know, the earth man. 
it's all sorts of different scenarios to this thing. But what I see is they're not after you and me. You know, we're, we're just, we're fodder. They're after the children. Hmm. Because it's the children that I want to be Superman. I want to be Spider-Man. And whoever else. And, you know, let me not go ahead of myself. <laughs> but if you look at Superman, Superman is like the idea that Nietzsche had, you know, the Ubermensch. And, well, that's what Superman means, right? And mm-hmm. then the S on his chest was originally a snake or a dragon, you could say, right? So in Master, he says this is a symbol for peace. In the occult, they think that Lucifer is the good guy, right? And so... What was, in Manistee, what was Superman's job through his um, genealogy? It was to come to Earth, seed with a, a human woman, and create a super race that would take over the planet, and humans would be their slaves. Or their that was, was that, that was part of the original storyline? That, that was the goal was to come in? Huh. Yeah. See, because, you know, I've seen the movies. I just thought, you know, it was like the planet was, what it was, whatever planet he was on, it was going to blow up. Was it Kolob? Is that what it was called? The planet Kolob or something? Or is that Mormon theology? I can't remember. I, I can't. Oh, Krypton. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, sometimes I get, I get all my mythological stories confused, including the history of Mormonism. Um, you know, Mormonism should probably be a comic book. That would be interesting. You know, they've got similar backstory. Um Krypton. Yeah, I feel stupid right now. Everyone's laughing at me. But uh, so uh, I guess my understanding was that the planet was fixing to blow up, or at least that's what happened in the Russell Crowe version or whatever. And, uh, you know, they shipped him off and he was the sole survivor. But it was about seeding, like actually mating with Earth women and creating a what? Creating progeny to pro, you know, to to pass on Krypton genes. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Create a bunch of hybrids. Interesting. A whole bunch of hybrids. Where, where have you heard that before? Yeah. Yeah. We... <laughs> well, Genesis. 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 Yeah. And then, you know, Krypton, Krypton, it, what, what is a crypt? It's, it's a secret. It's a secret place. You know, his father's name is uh, Jor L. You know, L, Lord, or whatever, however you want to translate it, you know, it's God, basically, you know, and then he's the son of God, but he's not the son of God from the Bible. You know, he's basically the Antichrist, you know, and I'm not telling anyone out there you can't watch a Superman movie. That's up to you. But I'm yeah. telling you what it really means. Sure. Um, I, yeah, I like going to those movies. I mean, I like watching them, too. I mean, I. Yeah. Br- you know, breaking it down is important. The more the more you go into comic book lore. The more occult you will find. The more you start dig- even in video games, I found out some stuff this week. It's just like nuts. But. You look at um, Green Lantern. He has to take an oath to this magical box that sounds just like an oath that a mason would take. You know, I can't remember the oath right now. But you you look that up, you see what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, you look at Flash. Flash is Hermes or Mercury. You know, he's a god of speed and he's a messenger of the gods. You know, in the, in the, in the TV show, uh, he's... The speed force. He uses the speed force, and that within that speed force are beings that seem like gods. Mm. You know, you can find that in the TV show. You can find that in the comics. Nothing new. It's been there the whole time. 
uh, it's just that a, a lot of us aren't in the comics. Church folks don't care. They don't understand the culture, so it's just a comic book, you know? But if you look at the history of comic books, it's always been an issue with what they're putting in there. It, comic books got banned before. Uh, they And they came back. You have, the, you have the Silver Age, you got the Golden Age uh, of comics. There, there was some super occult stuff in comics that were getting blown up back in the, you know, the 40s, 60s, you know, those times. Uh, and then some of it got kind of like squash quelled a little bit. They started putting ratings on the comic books, you know, just like I have PG and rated R and everything like that. And when you look at, when you start seeing stuff emerging into where, where, where it's coming now, you, you go from the 80s to the 90s, they got hypersexual, hyper occult genetics where and all of this stuff it comes from all the ideas that have been passed down through theosophy you know through um science fiction which those guys were connected through theosophy and alistair crowley new age a whole sort whole sorts of stuff egyptology um hinduism buddhism jack kirby his whole his whole foundation was the occult, you know? And I, I'm learned, I've learned that from that book, too, but I'm learning other places also, you know? Who, who's that you're talking about? Jack who? Jack Kirby. He started out uh, doing characters for DC and Marvel, Marvel and DC. He worked for both. Uh, he created um, stuff like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you know, I don't want to get it wrong. I know people rag on me on it. But um, he created the New Gods, the old gods. So they had the old gods and he created the new gods and he created other characters from there, you know? Oh, so, you're reminding me of something. That new American Gods series that's on stars that I haven't watched. Whoever wrote that book originally, when I did his Wikipedia, he had a background in comic books. Do you remember what his name was? I can't remember his name. I mean, I can look it up, but... Um, that's yeah, that's 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 just that adds to what you're saying because that guy, the whole storyline of which I haven't seen an episode. I just read this stuff when I was researching it, but it was about new gods coming in and taking over the places of the old gods, which that ties in directly to what you're saying. But that guy had a background in comic books, and he has a he has an interest in the occult. I know that because I spent about an hour just looking at what he had to say on the internet. Neil Gaiman. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, he wrote like the book. Um, but he same storyline with that guy is what you're talking about with, with Jack or whatever. This this theme of old gods and new gods, you know, and he had a background in comic books. So that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you know, all right, let me, let me touch this first. I watched one episode, just one. And there's a scene in there where a lady lures a guy off the internet to come and meet with her in a bar. And she, 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 it turns out that he, she likes the way he looks. He, he, she, he's Caucasian, she's black. And then she brings him to the back and there's a scarlet room with candles and a bed, you know. And they start, she starts seducing him into the bed. And I had to watch, the, I had to watch the show like this. It was that graphic. It was like porn, literally. You can see breasts and everything. And it basically, what she wanted from him was worship. As he's having sex with her, she, he's worshiping her, worshiping her, and then he has to worship her, worship her more, more vigorously. And then she sucks him into her female parts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. 
<laughs> but it's all about this pagan. I, I mean, the, from you, from the from the opening of the TV show, you know what it's about. It's a bunch of idols stacked up on a totem pole, and then it reads American Gods. You know, so mm. I don't think Christians should be watching this. This is just straight up pagan. I mean, I don't care if people disagree. I don't. I believe the spirit of God doesn't want you to put that before your eyes. Mm. You know, this is serious business. Um, and then you, you know Babylon Five. Yeah, uh, I own all five seasons. Uh, well, the reason I bring that up is because that guy was into comic books. He he actually wrote and uh, produced comic books, I think, for Marvel before he got into Babylon Five. So so a lot of stuff go back to this whole. In fact, there's a lot of movies that are coming out that people don't realize are directly tied to comic books. Um, a TV series called The Walking Dead. Yeah, that's true. That was a comic book first. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Preacher, uh, another one called Lucifer. You know about that one? Yeah, I saw the five minutes of the first episode one day. I didn't know that was a comic book. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. What else? Uh, what's that one called? With um, oh man, it, it was a gangster film. I uh, can't remember right now. Can't remember. There's two gangster film film that came out. One with um, oh, what's the guy from um, Captain? Oh, I can't remember the doggone guy's name. He's pretty famous too, man. He all right. You, 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 you heard of that new McDonald's movie, the Gangster Pound? Squad? Is that it, Gangster Squad? No, no, no. It's called no, no, not that one. Uh, that was a good movie, man. Was um, Michael Keaton starting it? It, it was with um, it was uh, a Road to Perdition. Road to Perdition. That, that was, was a comic, comic book. Yes. Really. Yes. yes. Mm. Yes, and then the guy that played um, the king in Lord of the Rings, Viggo Mortensen, I think is his name. Uh, he played an account book where he was a, a outlaw. Well, secretly, his wife didn't know anything about him, and, but a guy shows up at his house, and all hell breaks loose. And then you know she finds out that he is an ex uh, gangster. Can't remember the name of the movie, but. It was. It was. Oh, I do. I remember that one. No, I remember that one. I don't remember what it was called, but that came out quite a while ago. Right. That that was a comic book, you know. So, what 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 Hollywood is doing? They're recycling a lot of stuff, but to get fresh material, they go into the comic books. Now, Disney bought out. Well, they have a high share. They bought out Marvel. Okay. So, and Lucasfilm, as you know. Oh, dude, I got to say this. Uh, Joshua Poor in the comments, he brought up uh, Howard the Duck, uh, date, his girl dating the Duck Man. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. And the old gods yeah. coming out of deep space and de- dating a woman, the Duck Man, the Duck God. Yeah, <laughs> Howard, Howard the Duck. It's true. <laughs> hey, in, in, in the latest Guardians of the Galaxy, I think in the, one of the end credits scenes, they show Howard drinking some sort of liquor, you know, flirting with a girl. Yeah, hey. maybe a little ambrosia, little nectar of the gods. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I want I want to kind of like touch different topics, but let, let's let's go back to the force, right? So in Star Wars, you have the force, and for anybody that's thinking of what it really means, think of it like this: the force is the fusion of opposites. It's the dark and the light, the yin and the yang the upside down, those sort of concepts. In between that, 
you have the balance, right? And this comes straight out of Eastern mysticism. Yeah. And so you have uh, the Jedi, you have, um, and the opposite side, which you, you, they have different names. So it's not really about the dark side defeating the light side or the light side defeating the dark side. It's, you hear it all the time. It's about the one that could bring balance to mm. the force. Mm. What is the force? The yeah, force, that's it, good. It, 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 it's sort of like this power in the universe that guides man, so to speak, right? Mm. And if you can attain equilibrium, equilibrium on each side, you have perfection. Well, George Lucas, George Lucas was, from my memory, I believe he was a self-proclaimed pantheist. You know, and when you study, when you look at pantheism, it's that you kind of, I mean, I don't remember all the minute, minute details of, of pantheism, but essentially it was that the, uh, everything is one in the universe, you know, and it, it kind of becomes this thing, which is what the force was. It was this arbitrary thing that no one could really define, but it just, everybody subscribed to it. So you had this universe worship in, in pantheism there, but you also had Crowley once again with Star Wars, who had, which goes back to Crowley, just like you were talking about, that was pushing this idea of the crowning child. Long story short, children being able to experience anything that they wanted to in that same manner, getting rid of light, getting rid of dark, but I'm saying like it was that do as that will um, – just you know, chase, chase whatever experiences are going to make you happy. But I remember in the Crown of Conquering Child, it seemed like I read a paper one time where they actually brought up the the Force as that the blending of the light and the dark. You know, eradicating evil and good, saying there is no such thing. There just simply is being. You know, and it was uh, right. it's, terif- right. it's a terrifying sense of morality to have if you're trying to move through life. You know, exactly. Uh, but remember. Most of this comes from Eastern mysticism, the Buddhist. All right, you got Hinduism first, then you got an offshoot, which is Buddhism, Taoism, Shintoism, and all the other isms that come after it, which all of them go into martial arts. But but I'm going to leave that alone for now, right? So think about Lord of the Rings, right? You have Gandalf. He is a, um, a gray warlock. He's not dark he's not light and he's oh gandalf you thought you're talking about gandalf gandalf yeah okay and so when he dies he gets enlightenment he gets his third eye open basically right and he comes Mm -hmm. back as a white wizard so now he's a part of the 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 the, the light side he's a white witch you know they say white witches are good black witches are bad it's the same concept in witchcraft a universe, earth worship, all this stuff goes together, right? Now, you take that, and we talked about the Flash earlier, right? Now, think Hermes. about, think about stuff, cartoons like, um, oh, what's the one called with these guys, uh, Goku and, and all them? Oh, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon bro. Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, you think about <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, you think about Street Fighter. Remember Street Fighter had uh, Dalsim? They had who? Say it again. Dal what was Sim. the name? Dal Sim, the Indian guy with the, the, the skulls around his neck. I don't remember that. I wasn't a huge Street Fighter. Okay. I had it. Well, well, I'm just I'm just bringing it somewhere. He, yeah, but he was the, he was an Indian character, right? And he was sitting in the okay. yoga pose. 
and he would he would shoot yo got flame yo got fire i do remember that now i remember that then you have ken and ryu which would use the chi to shoot out bursts of, of um energy that's the force the yoga you use the same thing it's the martial arts I, i've watched enough christian testimonies to know that all martial arts go back to the same concept of the force the force that lives within us within trees within dogs cats rats bats and my spoon okay <laughs> so <laughs> they literally think everything is made up of this force yeah okay and so you see the whole the, the same concept going across different genres but it all means the same thing uh, in fact in guardians of the galaxy right the, the latest one volume 2 the father uh, ego the living planet he's telling uh star lord about how he's a demigod how he, that's his father and he has something in him that no one else has but in order in order to get this thing to be perfect perfect and for him and him him and both of them to rule the universe he has to harness the light from the planet this light is a force it's the same thing and he touches him on his third eye boom and opens him up and he sees uh eternity or maybe some are, some are speculating that it's the being eternity the the one of the gods in the pantheon right that makes up the entire universe it's like we're living inside of a being okay same concept it's just the same it's the same occultic it's it was just gnosticism packaged and repackaged yeah, exactly. over and over and over again that's over and over and over again and forced down our throats in the form of media and, ex- listen neo and neo in the matrix the new man yeah yeah he's a new man he's also the chosen one and people think that he's a figure of jesus christ but the person that was in the white suit the uh, architect that was literally god so he's an, so neo is the antichrist but he uses the force to defeat god <laughs> yeah it's just you're right i uh i remember hearing lots of people talk about the matrix they were analyzing it when it first came out and uh even the way that well even the way they depicted neo when he was being assimilated it, or whatever was uh, he was dead or whatever the matrix was carrying him off he was in that uh like christ on the on the cross kind of pose you remember yeah. that yeah, and yeah. uh people were like yeah that's uh that's a reference to christ but in my memory and i could be totally wrong about this as i'm thinking about it the vantage point that you had the way they shot that he would have been upside down on the cross the way that they were taking him off i don't remember seeing him upright i remember it seeing from his head his feet were pointed this way i think i could be wrong i don't remember no, no, they pulled them. They pulled them out right side up. I, that, that's what I remember. That's what my mind's giving me right now. Okay. But wow. also, since you since you went there with the cross position, you have Superman when he in Man of Steel when he breaks out of the uh, the ship that Zod had up there. He he was he went out in the cross position. Now a lot of people think that the people that made Superman were Christians. No, they were into some stuff too, and they they, made, <laughs> they were Jews. <laughs> uh, but they made him to to be the messiah figure but it ain't our messiah I'm telling you that it's not um wonder woman the new movie that came out now she's a demigod right 
um, it, and depending on where you go, you'll find different origins. But the, the origin that's being stuck to right now, she's made out of clay, um, and Zeus uh, gave her power to be who he created her to be, which in this movie is a god killer, right? Mm. And her brother is uh, Ares, the Lord of War. I mean, the God of War. And so they have a battle in the, in the um, end of the movie, and she 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 takes the bolts of, of Zeus because the bracelets help her to in, in different incarnations the bracelets do different things, but in this one it's to harness the power of Zeus, the lightning, to you know destroy whatever foes that she's fighting. And she uses that in the movie to kill Ares. That's what's interesting. I, I just recently read Derek Gilbert's book, The Great Inception, and Derek makes the case, I believe. I, I, this is from memory, which my memory is not perfect, but I believe he makes the case that Zeus was Baal, you know, and that Baal's primary weapon is as as no, uh, one of his one of his identities, I guess, he, or one of his titles was that of a storm god, and so right. he he utilized lightning as a weapon, which is Zeus. The, the figure of Zeus came from Baal, so it's interesting that in this, because I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet either, I'm really behind on my movies. Um, you're saying that Zeus's primary weapon in Wonder Woman was a lightning. I mean, it was a, it was a lightning weapon. Zeus was the father of Wonder Woman, and he used lightning in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And it goes right back to Bale. You know, Bale and 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 L and and uh, the Council. Well, I mean, because Bale, according to the mythology, was over the seventy. You know, there was a council of L had 70 members, which goes right back to the whole divine council situation that we see in the Psalms, Psalm 82 and 83. Yeah. And, um, so it's just the whole the whole history and mythology just stays true even in these movies. Yeah. yeah. It, it, listen, it, it's so it's so deep. You, you, you're going to hardly find a lot of characters that aren't based off of some guy. There's some that aren't at all. Right, like Archie, you know. <laughs> but that we know of, that we know of. What if? Because yeah, Archie's not done yet. What if Archie is the Antichrist? I feel like that would be a story. I can't put anything past that. You're exactly right. Because every time I dig, it's always something. Uh, now let, let, let's talk about a villain. The, the villain um, Lex Luthor. He is Aleister Crowley. Mm, yeah, I've heard you say that before. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and I've read about this before too. And look how he in Batman versus Superman, he was just blaspheming all over the place. It matches the character. What did Crowley do? Blaspheme, desecrate, pluck the eye out of Jesus, all this other stuff that he wanted to do just to go against Christianity. He Crowley basically wanted to follow after the devil. You know, and you see a character. A character he called himself the wickedest man on on earth. He he referred to himself as the wickedest man on earth, and he wanted to be Satan's right hand man. He wanted to be the Antichrist. Yeah, exactly, he wanted yeah. to be from a young age. Yeah, and and, and um, Alan Moore, he he, uh, you know, he's a comic book writer too, and he and people have taken his books to uh, make films. So one of his books is Beef for Vendetta. There's a caricature of Addison Crowley in that comic book, okay? Another one is Watchmen. If people don't understand how satanic Watchmen is, look behind the veneer. It's all Yeah, that one. It's that all, one's it, just in your face. Yeah, it's all about the Antichrist. It's all about the man come, becoming God, that blue dude. Yeah. You know? Look at the circle with the dot on his head. 
you know, I say technically yeah. that is. Um, and, and and even some of the the, the uh, quote unquote villains in the movie. Uh, the one I uh, can't remember his name right now. He he's kind of dressed like an Egyptian, but um, then he he did some other books too. He he wrote a couple Batman novels, and then you have Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison, in a interview, he basically told a story about smoking a little hash, and then the um the the beings the the, the spirits came to see to visit him, and they supposedly took him up to um. The, the, the star system, can't remember the name of it right now, with the three stars or whatever, and he said it was real, and what they told him was to take what they're telling him and put them in, put, put, put what they're telling him in the comic books. So, in the Bible, it talks about doctrines of demons, hmm. you know? These people, I can't, you know, every time I go into either technology or comic books, something it's always some connection to the occult world you got from the, the creative nasa one of on brown contacting demons well that and jack jack parsons because jack jack parsons and alistair crowley served in the ordo Templi orientis together out of los angeles from what i believe mm -hmm. and they jack parsons and alistair crowley were responsible for practicing sex magic together and in that sex magic they had actually wanted to produce a moon child where they would give the whore of babylon a body and jack Pot parsons went on to work with um warner von braun um in uh the the creation of uh of, of nasa they 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 were developing I, I believe jack parsons was interested in solid rocket fuel and i believe warner von braun was interested in liquid rocket fuel and they ended up creating a booster engine that had a combination of both, but they 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 founded JPL in Devil's Canyon of all places. I mean, NASA's if you know NASA's very core roots were were tied to Aleister Crowley in a very significant yeah. way. The yeah. the founder was his protege. They, they had sex together, trying to bring spirits through. <laughs> nasty man. <laughs> oh, I know, dude. <laughs> I know. And then when you just track NASA's history from that point, I, it's just. The entire, the entire foundation of NASA was built on sorcerers and magicians. You know, I mean, it was just, I, oh, dude. You think about this, right? Why, why can't we shake these things? Why can't we shake the old gods? You know, we're living in a fallen world. Lucifer is basically the king of this world. And his minions are all around, manifesting themselves as something. You know, you go into... Uh, Haiti, you got voodoo. You go into Jamaica, you got Obia. You go into Cuba or Puerto Rico or Mexico, you got Santeria. It's all over the place. Palomambe, Brujaria, Babalao. It's all over the place, right? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm mentioning that because when you look at video games and entertainment and books and stuff, you'll always find you know, what you could call deviants that are into these niches that create content for us to devour. Now, I don't believe all of them are saying, well, I want you all to worship the devil, but they're creating what's coming out of their heart. You know, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Mm -hmm. And so if I go and make a song about a woman that I love, I'm going to be pouring my heart out in that song, especially when I perform it, right? And when I create something, I'm going to create it out of 
whatever's in my heart, you know? You make point. Um, something that's interesting to me here recently is I've been looking at arches in particular, uh, mainly because of Chad Schaefer's book. But I was thinking about this the other day because as I read these people's books, you know, my, my just like everybody else, my mind gets to rolling. I, I make connections in, in my own head. But I kind of see the modern media as like today, like the secular world, like technologically upgraded secular world's version of iconography. Because, you know, the objects that were constructed that contained artwork, um, they were created in such a way that there was information encoded in them. And those objects spoke to people when they viewed them. You know, there was a message that was being given through those objects. Today, culture is different in that we're not, we're, I mean, you could still have that in Masonic architecture and Enochian architecture. I mean, still to this day, you have magicians that are designing buildings. Like you can still see that if you know what you're looking for, but it seems like, we're not constructing magnificent pieces of art anymore that are conveying a message. It's now movies, movies and, and, and internet content, whatever that may be in comic books that it, it seems to be acting as sort of the iconography of old, you know, it's a modern version of iconography and that those are, those are pieces of art in and of themselves that have a message that, that is being spoken to through them, you know, to us. Yeah. You um. Well, all right. Let me let me refer you to some place first. There's a movie, a documentary out there called Hollywood Unmasked, number one and number two. It's a very good documentary, well done, and it gives the history of Hollywood from from the good to the bad. And so they had a thing called a zeotrope, and it was basically a little box or whatever, a little uh, cylinder where they cut out shapes, and they they would have a light under it, and then a little spin around, circuses would use it, magicians would use it, would they put demons on it or whatever to scare people? And that's the start of the moving picture. And then Hollywood takes that and make uh, moving pictures, uh, silent films and, and whatever. But a lot of these people were into weird stuff, man. You know? And But back then, you'd find a couple stories in the tabloids or whatever, but it was it was really secret, just like homosexual it was secret. Yeah, you can't talk about that. You'll get arrested, you know? But today, everything is, is, is open from, uh, you know, Disney has trained everyone to, to uh, accept witchcraft, you know? And so today, we see it on TV, it's like nothing. What's, what's, okay, he's using magic, so what? What does the Bible talk about it, though? We don't practice those things. We don't, you know, uh, get involved or participate or uh, encourage anyone to do that stuff, right? And like, yeah. Everything- you know, the, the movies and the TV shows coming out nowadays now, think about this, right? Our TV shows have gotten so bad, whether it's cable or regular TV, that it's just like a rated R movie from the 80s and 90s. Some of it might not have cursing, and some of it does. But the, the amount of nudity that's coming out now, it's just immense. In fact, in uh, The Leftovers, series now i don't watch a lot of these shows i i i, I watch some to do some research but i i really could care less uh the leftovers sure sure chris research no. <laughs> yeah i know you know what <laughs> hey I, I i'm i'll be honest with you some shows you start to watch and you start to like it you know like uh I, when i started watching fringe 
I was like, I'm going to see, because I was like, this stuff is demonic. Let me see this stuff. Boom, boom, boom. I'm like, damn, this is a good show. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you get, you get sucked into it. It was really good, yeah. But, but you know, the whole premise is on some occult stuff. So anyway, uh, you have the leftovers, and they had a yacht scene. It was a 200-people orgy that they filmed somewhere out in the sea. They literally- I saw an article on that, dude. Crazy. Go ahead. I don't want to keep talking. <laughs> yeah. But they have another show. I can't remember the name of the show right now, but uh, where they filmed one of the, the the most graphic homosexual scene ever put on TV. Ever. So we're just getting worse, in other words. When, no, one's, no one's in uproar. You know, 20 years ago, it'd be like, what? No, we got to call our people, you know, ban this stuff. I remember when they had the writer's strike around, uh, this is when Smallville was still on TV, and they had a huge writer's strike. And what the the, film, the, the, the TV studio started doing was taking in scripts that they, um, they, they wouldn't put on TV before. It would get rejected. And one of them was called, I think, The Roses or something. It was some gangster show, and there was an F-bomb in it. This is on NBC. And I was like, what? But then it got yanked. This was in the early 2000s somewhere. But now everything is just everywhere. Mm. You can say, do anything. Uh, the, the, the children in the cartoons, oh my gosh, cartoons, man. They were worse today than ever before. You know, Tom and Jerry had the violence and Scooby-Doo had the occult stuff in it. And some of Tom and Jerry had, had that too. You just got to see the episode. So anyway, there was this one cartoon uh, I don't know if it's Dexter's Lab or one of them, but the lady, the young lady, she just came up in a puff of smoke and said, "Do what thou wilt is the whole of the law," and holding up the devil hand sign. Yeah, yeah. So who, that was like like you talking about Dexter, like on Cartoon Network, Dexter, the little genius Dexter. I can't remember if it's that one, but it's a woman, a, a little girl, that's in that show. She puff of smoke. Do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. Oh my goodness, she's quoting yeah. Thelema. Yeah, I mean, it's not so... Well, you brought up Disney a minute ago, and something I remembered I haven't thought of in a while. I don't know that I could defend this. I just, I've just i just heard it. Um, Jamie Hanshaw did these uh, um, books called uh, Weird Stuff, these, like, magazine-style books called Weird Stuff, where she breaks down, like, Disney and this whole princess yeah. thing that Disney pushes, which is really actually really creepy. But she actually she made a point about Disney that I guess I had never heard before. And that's this occultic theme of the death of the mother and how in all of the Disney movies, you, it always starts with at least the death of the mother, if not the death of both the mother and the father. seems like it's changed a little bit over the years, but you always have the death of the parents. And for the longest time, people were coming out and saying, well, because Walt Disney had lost his mother at a young age, he, they incorporated that into Disney movies. But I feel like from memory, and I could be wrong. If I'm wrong about this or someone that knows her or she, she ends up listening, like, I'm sorry if I butchered your work. People need to go read weird stuff. They were really cool. Um, that uh, it was actually, it was an occultic theme. You know, nobody really knows a lot about Walt Disney. I mean, really, that dude's history is shrouded. And, and it looks like he was tied in with a lot of occultic Nazis. I mean, Warner Von Braun, who we already talked about, also helped design Disney World, you know what I'm saying? He was actively involved in designing and engineering rides and stuff. So it would it would be no stretch of the imagination to link uh, Walt Disney's ideology to occult themes, which we see mm-hmm. translated into all the not just with the pre- the presentation of magic, but even with 
sort of this ritual, so to speak, at the beginning of each movie that involved the death of the mother, you know? So I find that really interesting and deeper, you know? Well, um, well one, he was also involved with Huxley. And Huxley, well, they were brothers, but, you know. All this, you're talking about all this Huxley? Yeah. There was a perception. That's straight up a cult. Yeah. You know, so. Did he write, he, did he also write Fire in the Minds of Men? Was that Huxley? I don't know either. It has to be the same one. It has to be because this guy was, they were in a think tank back then. Wasn't that Clinton? That was Bill Clinton's mentor, wasn't it? Aldous Huxley? Am I? I... I'm not sure about Clinton. Oh, I got to look that up, dude. Maybe I'm. Yeah. So now, now, now think about what you just said about the child or always losing the mother at least or both parents. It's it's not just encapsulated in Disney. It's also in a lot of the comic books. Spider-Man uh loses his mother and father and then loses an uncle. It's it, okay. There I think there are five storylines that uh movies and some some books that all use to com- to propel their stories further. And it's always about the mentor dying or the parents dying to push that hero further into their um, destiny, right? So you have Batman, both his parents die, you know? You have, well, Thor, Thor, his his, his parents eventually die, but, you know, they all resurrect or whatever. So I can't really put that in there. Um, you have uh, Iron Man, the mother dies. Same thing. You know, I can go on and on, but it, it, it's not just Disney. One, one person said in a video one time that it's a, it's, it's a kind of like get kids to think that they can do it without their parents. You know, I don't know if that's, you know, the whole psychological breakdown of it. Right. That's, that's one of the things. Um, so that, that, it's a good point, though, because if you look at Spider-Man, he goes out and do, does what he wants, and he lies to his aunt, you know? Hey, that's, that's another, let, me, let me bring that up. I haven't even brought this up on my show. These heroes that we're, we're looking up to, they continually lie, 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 lie. Superman and his, his ulterior identity, identity with the glasses or whatever, continuously lying to Lewis Lane and everybody else. Same thing with Flash and on and on and on. Always lying. Why is that? Why, why is lying being promoted so much? Because we, we think it's okay because, hey, well, they got to hide their identity. They can't, we can't let the cops find out and whoever and the enemies find out or they'll kill the whole family. There's always some reasoning behind it, but it's still lying, you know, and it's being promoted heavily. Yeah, that's, um, it's really crazy because I think I'm wrong. I think I'm wrong about all this Huxley I can't remember. Bill Clinton came out and talked about his mentor one time. I was trying to find it really quick on Google. I was having problems. Um, okay. It, uh, whoever, maybe it was Fulbright, whoever uh, went on to create the Rhodes Scholars, I think was who he claimed was his mentor. I don't think uh, Aldous Huxley wrote Fire in the Minds of Men, but he did, you know, he did write Brave New World, right? Did That's you ever, right. did you ever read Brave New World? No, I haven't got to it yet. Um, you can actually, I don't know if you got Spotify or something, but they've, for a while they had books on Spotify, some of the old books that don't have, 
any copyrights or anything. You can actually listen yeah. to an abridged version that was read by Aldous Huxley himself. And that was kind of cool because it was this whole concept of being – see, once again, like, okay, for instance, like in the X-Men, right, you have yeah. different ratings for mutants, right? You had at least from my memory of the movies – like Magneto was a class five, right? Uh, and so was Phoenix. I think she was a class five. Everybody else kind of had these different ratings. And depending right. on how powerful they were, well, in Brave New World, you got you were graded based on what you were designed to be in society. So that nobody really had sex anymore. You were like a like you well, you could have sex, but no one had sex to procreate, right? And everybody shared everybody. So um you you, you nobody was um Everybody, nobody was monogamous. It was, it was a polyamorous society and um, you were created in a test tube and they created you for a specific purpose. And then you were given a letter as far as your rank of intelligence. They, they had a bunch of D's that were just like mentally retarded grunts that just ran shovels, so to speak. But then they had, you had your B minuses, your A's, your A and your A, you know, your A pluses, I think, if I remember correctly. And um, it really affected your your status. But it was interesting the way that you were created in Brave New World and the way that you were you were you were graded. You were given positions of authority based on what they did for. And it was a story of of people that lived um, apart from this sort of new society. You know, this Brave New World, so to speak. Um, that that were still living life like like we do, you know, and it was this weird position where someone got stranded there. And I, I don't remember the whole story. It's been years since I read yeah, it, yeah. but um, yeah. you kind of, you kind of see some of the themes that Aldous Huxley incorporated into things like a brave new world, even in some of these, you know, some of these newer, ver these newer stories, like some of the comic books you're talking about. So that's just even more to that, you know? Well, yeah. Well, even, even in what you just said, you go back to Man of Steel again and on Krypton, they had a Genesis chamber, and this is where they would grow the babies and, and assign them appropriately to the coding of their DNA. You're going to be a soldier, a scientist, a politician, and on and on. Same concept, you know? And that's what our world is coming to. If you look at, anyone can type this in right now, look up genetically modified babies, look, at, look up designer babies in any search engine and you see where our world is going. It's well, we had the first baby born that legally had three parents. Exactly. You remember that? Yeah. 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 And I think that was in Mexico, right? I, I don't know where it was. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, they did that. So, but, but the genetics is going crazy right now. Okay. I just got some information. I can't even, the information is so good. I can't even release it until that person releases. Okay? You talk about something that's going to definitely lead up to the mark of the beast? And I'm not being sensational. It's some yeah. real hardcore tech. And I'm not talking about just machinery. I'm talking about dealing with DNA. But I can't say no more. Okay? Until yeah. that person releases it themselves. Um, you got CRISPR technology um, which people are saying it's not perfect yet and blah, blah, blah. But listen, it's a leap, a gigantic leap forward, you know, quantum leap, in fact. In fact, uh, there's another thing that's going on uh, where they want to take cells from a man or another man or that same man 
and make a baby out of it. Or take the cells from a woman and another woman or that same woman and make a baby out of it. It's the same concept you're talking about where we don't procreate, but we can go around and screw anybody we want to. You know, it's the same concept. In Fringe, they had uh, these people, they were akin to the Watchers. Um, I can't remember their name right now. Oh my gosh. But anyway, people that watch that show know, know what I'm talking about. The Observers. The Observers. Yeah, The Observers. Yeah. And in, they, they give you a glimpse into the future where they made this child, which they bought through time, which basically called him the chosen one, whatever, you know? They, they created him, he was a master um, genetic creation, but there was an anomaly in him that made him more powerful than all of the uh, tech-infused observers. There were no women there, none, <laughs> not one. Okay. Now there are other shows that show a future just like that, and there are women there, but it's all about genetics and fusing with tech. Well, let me ask you this, because this is interesting. It's an interesting point. You talk about a, this world of men with no women, but then you look at this, you know, the Amazonian concept in Wonder Woman, where it's all women and no men. Something that my friend Allie told me about the other day. I did not know this because I don't know much about comic books is that the man that cre- that wrote the storyline of Wonder Woman, his lover was Margaret Sanger's niece. Now, that was interesting, too. Right, and that's, oh, yeah, okay, let's go there. So yeah. I don't know anything about that, so, but you got, the, you got one of these pioneers of the modern-day eugenics movement whose niece yeah. is, yeah. is, is yeah. making yeah. love to the creator of Wonder Woman. Yeah, he liked her. He, that's right, it's correct. That's the lover's niece. And he liked her, so he fashioned Wonder Woman off of her because she was a, a hardcore feminist, uh, into the occult, and the, the, the founder of the Negro Project or Planned Parenthood or whatever name they're going to give it, you know? And also, he was in an open relationship, uh, I think an open marriage with two women. And one of them, I think, wore bracelets all the time, if, I, if I'm not wrong, right? And also, he was credited for one of the, being one of the people that um, uh, invented a lie detector. Some people question that, but that's what he claimed, okay? So there's where you get the magic lasso, which always compels you to tell the truth. You know? So basically... Huh. That's cool. I've never, I've never heard that before. Yeah. Huh. So, so, so Wonder Woman is basically... And of course, on to add on top of that, the demigod issue. Oh, let me give another tidbit. You got Samaramas, Nimrod, and Tammuz. You got Osiris, Horus, and what's the third one? Osiris, Horus, and this is Egyptian. Come on, I know you know this. Osiris, Horus, and where are we talking about? Isis? Isis, right? Nailed so, it. So now, so Wonder Woman is also. Samaramis, she's also Isis, she's also Columbia, she's also Diana, because that's her name, Princess Diana. Diana is linked to the moon god, the hunter goddess, and she has the moon crown on her head. Also links back to Islam, but we can leave that over there, right? So she is a manifestation of Margaret Sanger and an old pagan deity. 
Oh and and just, just 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 to bring back the whole Trinity sort of thing going on here, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman are called the Trinity. Wonder Superman. Woman, Batman, and Superman are the like the comic. What, where, but who refers to him as the Trinity? Is like the it's in the comic book. Okay. And also, Superman is the sun god. Where does he get his power? The, the sun, yeah. He, the only place he gets his power, the sun. So he's Horus. You see, he can go all over the place with this stuff. Because yeah, it's you know super the fascinating. Yeah, if you know the information, you can pick it apart, you know? Uh, Batman, on the other hand, I haven't figured him out yet, but the one thing I can say about him is he's a spirit of vengeance, right? Where else do you see the spirit of vengeance? What, you mean like in, in movies? or yeah, comic books. Like the, pun- oh, like the Punisher? You know, that's one of them. That's one. Um... I'm trying to think, like, if I rack my brain. Um, There's one really, really important. I don't know if you're going to get it or not. Hold on. Give me a clue, because I don't want to – I want to guess. Um, Blaze. That's a really good clue for you. Blaze? Yeah. Mm, no. Oh, I'm thinking I'm thinking through all the comics, because I'm thinking, like, Green Lantern. No. Flash. No. no. Uh, Superman, no Spider Man. Well, Spider Man, he well, he wasn't out for vengeance, even though right. his aunt got Uncle yeah. Ben died. That would that wouldn't have been it. Um, I don't know. Just tell me. Ghost Rider. Oh, I never would have gotten it. Never, never in a million years. I don't know anything yeah. about Ghost Rider at all, yeah. other than Nicolas Cage played him. Yeah. So, sometimes what they'll do is they'll take the idea. And make it into some something, somewhat a character that seems innocent, like Batman. But Batman, he doesn't care about anybody, really. He doesn't. He's all about himself and his mother's death and vengeance, 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 vengeance. Um, Ghost Rider is the epitome of the spirit of vengeance. He's a demon from the underworld that came and and uh, made uh, made a deal with Johnny Blaze and the other, whatever other ghost writer there is, to, um, for him to inhabit his body to carry out vengeance. You know, Ghost, ghost Rider, then, it reminds me of this, the story of Spawn. There you go. It's another spirit of vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought yeah, about Ghost Rider and Spawn. Yeah, you'll see it replicated all over the place. Um, but the stories are told in such a different way that you would never really connect it like that. Until you start really doing some 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 studying, um, the the uh, let's let's go back to Guardians, right? Oh, or even the Crow. Somebody else brought up the Crow. Joshua, the crow, yeah, the Crow. Joshua yeah, brought the crow. up the Crow. Oh, Haney brought up Spawn. Awesome. Yeah, there you go. So here's the thing, right? The thing is, I could pick up a comic book right now today and read about the same ungodly characters and I can care less but for some people it becomes worship and when I say worship I don't necessarily mean you bowing down saying oh ghost rider you're my god you know it becomes an obsession because now you're giving all your time all your money all your resources to that or those gods they are literally gods and I say that one, because of the mythology, and two, because the comic book fans also say this. 
I, when Man of Steel came out, because I didn't understand this before, until Man of Steel, I was going around and looking at reviews and um, people just commentating. And all I would hear is, these gods are going to be boxing it out. And I'm like, why do you keep calling them gods? You know, it started to irritate me. And then I started doing some search and I'm like, oh my gosh, no. You know? You know, you were talking about these being written for kids, you know, that were fodder. And I, I think it was Gon Shimura who made a point in one of his videos. He does lots of videos on like, you know, the singularity and transhumanism yeah. and stuff. Yeah. He, I don't remember which one. There's no way I could remember, but he made a point. I think it was him. I hope I didn't get this wrong, but he made the point that whether or not it's possible to achieve like, right. Yeah. You and I aren't even arguing about this. It's just like, yeah. but for the world that thinks that what we're talking about is crazy, whether or not it's possible to achieve the singularity, to meld computers with with the a human brain, or yeah. to technologically augment ourselves to the point where we're superhuman. Whether or not that's even possible and we'll be able to achieve it, it's irrelevant. If yeah. we can convince our kids that mm -hmm. it's possible and that it's coming, then yeah. their source of salvation, they hold out for salvation that is separate from Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? Because then the salvation that they hope for, the self, their hope, lies in the future and not what's ever present and offered by Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. So I thought that that was an amazing point that he made because it's so true. Whether or not it's even possible to achieve what we're talking about, it doesn't matter if we're able to kids think that it will be. Oh, let, let me – Oh my, I, you know, I have three points, and I hope I don't forget all of them. <laughs> but what you're saying right now was this, this what I'm about to say to you was just revealed to me because I'm, I'm, I'm I went back to Genesis okay and so of course you know this in the garden garden of Eden uh, the devil beguiled Eve or fooled her to be believe that she uh, has the right to go eat that fruit and disobey what God says you know break his law and eat it and in that, you would have become like a god, right? Okay. So right then, God is like, okay, I'm going to throw down judgment, but I'm not going to kill y'all. But I'm going to put a barrier between you guys and the tree of life. There's going to be a flaming sword and an angel. So that's one. So now we have the incursion in Genesis 6. And God is like, I cannot strive with man. I regret what I've done. And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw down judgment. And then the flood came. That's two. So after that, the Tower of Babel is built by Nimrod and his people. And God comes down. He's like, I can't. What? <laughs> you know, I mean, of course he knows. But he's illustrating it for us in the book. God came down and said, anything they put their mind to, they're going to do. It won't be impossible. Hear me. It will not be impossible. Anything. Three. Now you go into the book of Revelation, and what are we doing? Coming together as a one-world government, one-world econ economic system, and one-world religion. Because in the Bible, he confounded the languages. And so we got Portuguese, we got English, we got all this stuff. Right? Like oh, how yeah, the first one is Portuguese. <laughs> so we got port so where we got Portuguese from. <laughs> yeah, all these languages, right? 
And 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 to to my account, uh, not my account, but what I've read there, since since um, uh, you know, going back in history, there's been seven thousand languages. Pretty uh, pretty cool that it's seven. Perfection, right? Whatever, right? So now you have Babelfish. You have a couple other te technology companies that are working on universal translators. I heard from the Internet of Things conference that Babelfish has this app now or something that it could translate 40 languages in real time. Real time. Yeah. Well, even those uh, robots, those those new police robots that they're rolling out on the streets of Dubai, yeah, those uh, speak like seven or eight languages. You can talk to the robot and it translates them automatically. Yeah, there you go. So we're com we're coming back. We're we're coming to an age now where we can all basically come. In, it's not commonplace yet, but we're going to get to a point where we're going to be able to translate and talk one language, one code, and be under one spirit again. And we won't, all right, not won't, we'll be able to do whatever we want to do and it won't be impossible. Whatever we put our mind to. When Jesus Christ comes back, the man is going to turn their weapons on him. He's going to squash it quickly, but they're going to turn their weapons on him. So leave us alone. We want to do what we want to do. Yeah. Stop. Revelation 19.19. There you go. So, even this part right here, the part about them turning their weapons on God, it goes into the superhero scenario. Remember, always keep it in a Gnostic vibe. Always keep it that way. Like because Blade Runner. It's like Blade Runner. Yeah, that's where you're going to start to understand this stuff. The Avengers, they're gods, literally. If you want to count Iron Man out, he could try, but he's he's like Tesla, you know, in a yeah. Modern right and this threat comes through a portal it's something it's something that is going to amaze man when it comes through and we're going to be like what save us and what do they do they turn their weapons on this unknown force right that's one transformers uh transformers uh four was it four no three Transformers 3, you have these sentient uh, robots, which Optimus Prime is really a, a figure of Jesus. Remember, every anytime it's a figure of Jesus like that, it's always an antichrist, right? He gets together to defeat Megatron and uh, uh, not Rodimus, but uh, anyway, the other dude, the other Prime, that's trying to open this portal so that Cyber Cybertron can come through. So they, they, they defeat it by closing the portal and blowing up Cybertron and defeating Megatron and, and all this other stuff. But in, in Gnosticism, Metatron is a figure of God. How did the Autobots come to Earth? At least in this, in this incarnation, they fell out the sky like angels. Like fallen mm -hmm. angels. Well, because Metatron was Enoch's angelic state once he was metaphysically translated. He had 72 wings. He was given 72 <laughs> wings, and Enoch became Metatron according to some Gnostic doctrine. And there you go, right? So I could give you other references, but there's always some portal, some being that these superhuman, uh, even um, in the super friends and stuff, 
you know, they got, uh, what's the dude out there, Dark Side. He's like a god. And when he comes down, he's going to rain down fire. It's all about cr crushing the wrath of God or what some people call the apocalypse. When all apocalypse means is the unveiling of who Jesus Christ really is. It's all apocalypse means. But within that book... It sounds so much nicer if you just use the definition, the unveiling of, of Jesus yeah. Christ and who he is. And in reality, it's like the, pro the, the process of unveiling Jesus Christ, though, is going to be brutal. Yeah, well, well, and, and for that state, it's, well, you know, doctrinally, you can swing back and forth on this, you know, whichever side you land. But it's, that whole thing is to basically get Israel right and so they can be who they're supposed to be, you know? And yeah. finally, they realize, oh, oh, yes, he's the Messiah, you know. Instead of so, a bunch of dirty black magic practicing Kabbalists yeah. today, you know, jeez. Yeah, yeah. So, so this word apocalypse has been used so much to deteriorate, deteriorate the, the whole meaning of it, because for us, the unveiling of who Jesus Christ is is a wonderful thing. We have that hope. The world doesn't. So every time the world says apocalypse, the post-apocalyptic world, the post-apocalyptic world is going to be the, the, thought, the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. That's the post-apocalyptic world. It's not going to be a disastrous world. It's going to be going to replenish the whole thing. So what, why are we looking at these desolate environments? Because that's what man without Christ is going to look like. You know what I mean? If you look at the movie Armageddon, right? It's about stopping the wrath of God from hitting the planet. Isn't there a meteor coming called Wormwood? I kind of thought it was just a love story about Bruce Willis's daughter and uh, Ben Affleck. <laughs> no, nah, man. Liv Tyler and Ben Affleck. That's. I don't <laughs> think you get movie. it. I don't think you got it. Then you need to watch it, it again. It's a good movie, but you know, <laughs> it's just it's just these themes are there. Now we're talking about right. Gnosticism. All right, let, let me bring up a couple of Gnostic movies that, you know, we mentioned a few earlier. Think about, um, anybody out there seen The Giver? No, I, I read the book. All right, so who do you think was the good guy? Well, the only two real characters that I remember was the actual Giver himself, and then you had the boy who received his abilities. Okay. And then you had his family that didn't understand what was going on, and he went on the the Fritz, you know, uh, I guess, I mean, it would have been the, what, the giver would have been the good guy? But he well, he was passing no. on knowledge, though. Uh, you're hitting it on the head, but you're not saying it, right? Right. The giver was the guy that would give you the gnosis. Gnosis, yeah. He would open that third eye. Who wrote that book? Did they have an occultic background? I've never even thought about the giver in the context of Gnosticism. Yes. And <laughs> think about the Think about the person that was over them. The person that was over them was like some uh, some ruler that was like demanding, right? Mm -hmm. That's God. That makes sense. I get it. I see that. <laughs> I never even have ever thought about the giver, though, as symbolic of Lucifer giving knowledge. Yeah, but he did. Because that was the first, at least in the book. I know they made a movie. I haven't seen the movie, but... That, you know, when the kid sees the apple turn red midair, no. you know, and he couldn't. Was that in the movie? 
I think so. Yeah, I saw the movie. Yeah, and he couldn't explain what changed. You know, he couldn't explain. He just knew something was different about the apple. You know, and it was that. That was probably the first time because I actually read that book in junior high where I had to think about, oh, how would you describe color? You know, and it was this passing on of knowledge that you, you could yeah. only experience, that you could only experience, but you couldn't explain. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now think about this. You just said you couldn't explain the color, right? Right. There's a movie that came out in the, I think the early 2000s somewhere called Pleasantville. I remember right? that. It was horrible. <laughs> Such a bad movie, but I saw yeah. it. Yeah. So they go inside the TV set, right? And this guy was telling them the rules, right? And every time they broke the rule, it got colorful. Why? True. True. Can't argue, man. I can't argue. <laughs> Every time they broke the rules, things got better in the town. Yeah. It's like Adam and Eve. Basically, it's, it's, it's breaking all the chains, setting you free from the authority of God because the guy in the television said it's God. Now, think about this one, uh, the Truman Show. Truman Show. Christoph. Christoph and the Moon. The dude, the dude up controlling the TV. Kristoff, yeah. Yeah, he's God. Yeah, Christ. That was, you know, because his name was Kristoff, and the way it was spelled was Christ off. And he was in the moon, and he controlled Truman's life. And I remember there was more to it. But on the boat that Truman was on as he was headed out towards the barrier, I yeah. think it was Psalm. There was a, a Psalm that was listed on the flag, on the sail. And it was either, I think it was Psalm 138 or Psalm 139. And I don't remember, um, but I actually went back. I looked that up and it was, it was, I don't know, the whole thing, the whole movie had an alternative theme to it for sure. So, yeah. Am I, am I here? Cause I just got a call. Sorry. No, you're cool. Yeah. It was, um, see, what was it? It was Kristoff was in the moon. It was Christ off. And then he had Truman, the true man. And he was seeking independence from his creator. And at the end, what did he do? He was he was at the door. God was talking to him, saying, "No, you can stay here with me." And he yeah. chose outer darkness. He there walked. It was very deliberate. He chose the <laughs> outer darkness to close the door, and he, he left. He left God's go. created environment for him as the true man. And uh -huh. and he and he left. He walked into outer darkness because he preferred outer darkness to what God had created for him. So exactly. Now think about this one. Every, a lot of people have seen this movie, and a lot of people wear the face in this movie that represents the devil. V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta. Oh yeah, Guy Fox. Yeah, it's not about us going against the New World Order. It's not about that. The person running the New World Order in that movie is God. The guy that's taking the young lady and teaching all this gnosis, knowledge, is the devil. Mm. And he sets her free from all of the bondage that she was caught up in. She was liberated. She's now a new person. And so that mask that the truthers like to wear. Yeah, I know, dude. Guy Fox, I know. I won't wear one. I almost bought one one time because I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then I thought about it for five seconds, and I was like, nope, that story wasn't what I <laughs> – Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm telling you, listen, this stuff is so deep. And I'm, and I'm still finding out new stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw one at you about video games right now. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to sound really, really 
off base and crazy. But trust me, from the evidence I've seen, and I can't show it now because I don't have a clip to give you. Um, What's the video game? It's a couple of them. But they go, they all go by the same theme. And one of them is not a video game. Unless, did Popeye have a video game? Popeye? Yeah. I could have been. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've never seen it. I think they might have had one, but that's not the issue. So you have Popeye. You got Mario. You got Pac-Man. Yeah, that's my party hat. You see, Tom hates his hat. So whenever he's gone, I get to wear my Mario hat. So I don't hate on Mario too much because if, if I found out it's like Lucifer, well, then this Bowser dragon character, it's going to, you know. It's all, it's all good, man. We do a lot of things out of ignorance. So, um, we, then we got Zelda, right? Zelda, Mario, Pac-Man, and Popeye have a woman in, in distress. All of them use something to get superhuman or supernatural powers like mushrooms. Pac-Man, like mushrooms right? mushrooms uh power pellets spinach and um what is zelda's power he gets a a magic shield and some other stuff because he uses the triforce so when you get all of the the, the, the sword the shield and the and the gems you become uh, a, a god or a messenger of the god or whatever so anyway it's it's flipped upside down because the 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 bondage that all of these the princess and, and olive oil and all this stuff get into that's really not the bondage that you think it is because Mario, Popeye, Zelda, and Pac-Man are actually the same thing about setting someone free from that bondage that you think is going on, but it's really Satan. A caricature anyway. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, and I'm sure you get a lot more research there too. So that's yeah. I don't. Is there a story? Is there there's a story behind Pac-Man? I I believe they did make a story, but I I I, I probably couldn't figure it out right now if I tried. Well, what was you the know? goal of Pac-Man? Because I've never spent much time playing Pac-Man. I just thought it was just like, oh, we have a game where this yellow mouth eats dots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's a simple idea, but you know, this is. All right, let me give you one. But I mean, that's where I'm asking you. You're gonna know because I don't. Is the the goal of yeah, Pac-Man oh, yeah, you're asking. that okay. Miss Pac-Man free? Yeah, it's always it's always to um to basically eat the dots to get through the maze, but you got to kill all the supernatural spirits, right? And Miss Miss Pac-Man is. I think she might have been caged somewhere. I can't remember because oh. I haven't played in a while. But you had you had Pac-Man, Mrs. Pac-Man, and some other stuff going on. But the whole story is not really the the, the, the thing I'm, I'm I'm harping on here. It's, it's really the concept, the, 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 the continual concept. And and the reason why I could say some of this without showing you a video is because Nintendo, which means I think something from heaven or something like that, because they're built off of Shint- Shintoism, mm-hmm. and Shintoism um, believes really? that they are the descendants of the gods. You understand? Know yeah, so, I'm tracking. I didn't know that though. I'm I'm looking that up because that's interesting. Yeah. So, Keep talking. So Nintendo wanted to borrow Popeye. And since they couldn't, they made Mario. So really? they were already taking that idea. They just put another character there, put the put the, the, the princess and put Bowser there, the dragon, that um is always continually stealing her from him. But that, that was the idea. But there's more. For me to make the, the whole case, there's more information. But, you know, I, w- I want to just touch on some more stuff before we, we finish, you know? 
But it says want- uh, it says that the common assumption is that Nintendo means leave luck to heaven or even to leave one's fortune in the hands of fate. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, then it cut me off, so I have to click on it. I thought I was going to get to the meeting. I don't know. They could be lying, too. I, uh, does that match up? Is that... Hold on a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's something like that. Oh, it's making me read a whole article to get there. Yeah. Keep keep talking. I'm I'm still reading and, this. And some of the stuff that I, that I talked about, it, it's actually a video. It's not like an article. It's, it's, it's on video. So if people want to look that up, you know, but because Nintendo, they don't really talk about their secrets too much, you know? So Oh, it, it says it's plausible. They made it sound like it wasn't true, but they said that... Um, that Hiroshi Yamauchi, the great-grandson yeah. of the company's founder, has admitted that he does not know the true meaning of the company's name, saying that to leave one's fortune in the hands of fate was a plausible explanation. Mm. Yeah. Well, I've seen two, two loose translations. And it, and it, and it yeah, because the, the other one had to do with heaven. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, yeah. So now, now if you go into um, – oh, my gosh. I forgot to tell you something earlier. Uh about um Iron Fist, but you know what? Let me just go into this. I see that's a Netflix show. I, I didn't know any. I don't know anything about Iron Fist. It, 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 the only reason I'm telling you is because it goes into the same thing with the Force. That's how that's how he uses his power to. You, that's what the Iron Fist is. You know, so you know you can leave that one right there. But um, okay. So in Shintoism, there's a god. Um, it's a fox, and it has a tail. It has either one tail. And sometimes it has three tails. No, sorry, up to nine tails. And uh, it, the, the the characters that are made from this same fox is um, Star Fox, the video game. Mm-hmm. You have um, Sonic, which is a mixture of that fox, the god, and the god the god Hermes or the Flash. It's a mixture of both. Mixture of Hermes and who? You cut out for a second. Hermes, which is also the Flash, and right. the Fox character I'm telling you about. I can't remember his name right now. You can look it up, Fox, uh, Shintoism, Fox God, or whatever. Okay, and, um, okay. And uh, then you have, in Zelda Majora's Mask, there's also a fox there with the same tail, and you get to put on the fox mask. You know, you become that whatever character. So, I mean, this stuff is through and through in anime, in video games, it's all over the place, and and it has a lot a lot of Gnosticism intertwined in there too. So, if, if parents are able to at least do a little research into some of the stuff, then they're able to you know guide their children or teenagers. Sometimes I remember there was a a, a commercial for Halo Four, I believe, and they had John. Some scripture was the name of the character, and John one one seven. That's right. And, he's and John one one seven. That's a scripture? No way! Did you blow my mind? I didn't ever even thought about looking up the scripture. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> I played. I've played every ounce of Halo there is to play. I was the. Yeah. I was the master of land parties in high school with Halo One. I had a sixteen port hub. We would have. 10 to 16 TVs going at any one time. That was a game that defined half my life. Um, and now, you, now you're telling me something that I've never even thought about. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to hit you with some more in a second since we're on Halo. 
John, but I got to look this up. It's John one one. Uh, so John one seventeen or John eleven seven. I think it's one seventeen. See, I, I don't have it in front of me, so it's just coming from memory right now. Well, I, we got dude. We got to track this because this is interesting. John one seventeen says, "For the law was given through Moses; grace and truth came through Jesus Christ." I don't know if that would apply. Let's go to eleven seven. Um. Yeah, it's one one seven. John one one seven. Then it said, well, then seven says, then after he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. That's it. I don't know. All right, keep talking. I don't know how those apply. But well, keep- well, here's the thing. Did, did the commercial had nothing to do with the game? Nothing. And you had uh, giant uh, dragons, well, me- mechanical dragons coming out of the ground and, and other suspicious things. But here's the, the, the part I, I hone into more than, than, than the rest is that there were two of them fighting each other and one defeated the other. So it's like a Christ against the Antichrist. See what I'm saying? Yeah. If you go back and look at that commercial, you'll see what I'm talking about and look at the symbolism in it. You know what I mean? Wait, even the uh, in Halo, like in Halo 4, your, your enemy... Well, number one... Oh, you know what's interesting, dude? Oh, dude, I've never even thought about this. Your primary evan- enemy in Halo up until number four is the Covenant. Well, yeah. The covenant, yeah, and yeah. then and then you go to war with the Prometheans. Uh huh. Yeah. Which, when you look at the mythology behind, I don't know why I never even looked. All at right, that. wait, wait. Before I even go there, let me let me backtrack. Right. The whole universe of of Halo, it's built off of the aliens seeding the planets. You have to go and get yeah. the, the the Halo special DVD they came out with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll look up the name in a second. But this is what the story is. They had a race of aliens, and they built this gigantic machine to destroy and replenish, to, to, to start over because of, I don't know if it's because of the flood or something else, right? And they built the weapon, but, but, but first they had to go and get, you know, different... Samples from off different planets to preserve it, and then they let loose the weapon, the halo, and then what they did was go back to each planet and seed each planet, seed them all to start over. So now that we're we're now that we've gone to whatever year it is that we build spaceships to go out into space, we start meeting up with these other races until we find our creators dude my friend tyson he just texted me he was like i guess he's watching live he was like the flood bro because in halo one of your primary enemies too was the flood it's the flood in the covenant i mean dude it was the flood in the covenant and i never thought about that yeah oh my goodness yeah they they, they take stuff out the bible listen alien covenant alien covenant that just came out let me tell you what it's all about all right, in Prometheus, you went to a planet that had three pyramids on it that had a spore that would ravage your DNA, right? Mm-hmm. And then, But you had the, 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 the builders there, whatever they're called, I can't remember the name right now, and they turned on man at the end. They, they're disgusted with us. Yeah, you're talking, you're talking about Ridley Scott's... Prometheus. Prometheus, the one that just... Okay, yeah, yeah I'm with you. I just make sure I was with you, yeah. yeah. So by the end of the movie... 
the the uh the artificial dude david and the woman they go to go to see where these people came from where our creators came from so here in alien covenant we the only one we see there that ended up on the planet was david what did david do did you, did you see the movie yeah but it's been a while was david the android right but did you see alien covenant the new oh, one. not the new one. Dude, I haven't okay. been in the movies in a long time. And, and look at the name, Covenant again, right? He goes and unleashes death on his creators. Well, our creators. Oh, spoiler alert, bro. Spoiler yeah, alert. I gotta tell. I gotta tell. Gotta tell. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he unleashes death. Okay? So basically, this is what the movie is all about. Of artificial life, which is basically a space Lucifer goes and kills God. And then he starts to new Eden on the planet, which our stupid behinds go to to, to find out, find, to, to, to uh, start a new civilization. And what's on there is a no life except for these xenomorphs. Yeah, who are cold and they have no emotions and they're just perfect killers. Right, but they're not the perfect one yet. They're, they're just... Uh, an offspring from whatever happened before. So David, who is really Lucifer, creates a perfect human killing machine. And then he, this is where the original alien come from. That's why, you know, whatever they're doing. Right. Uh, one of the person talks about his faith or whatever, but they don't really say if he's a Christian or not, just kind of vaguely says it. And he, he lowers them in there and all hell breaks loose. You know, but that's and his whole goal is to wipe out humanity. What is Satan's goal? To wipe out humanity, take every soul to hell with him. There you go. Now, Ridley Scott, he uses all sorts of um, pagan iconography to build his stories. Which and, he drew a lot of that inspiration from from Geiger. Which, if yeah, you research right, Ge right. I mean, Geiger, was nuts. Exactly. Uh, I think possessed, but <laughs> um, the 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 wings on the um, the oh my gosh the, the 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 person that sent them out there, I can't remember his name. There's a wing on the suits. It was in Prometheus too. I went to the extra DVDs, you know, the, the bonus DVDs. Yeah. Check it out, and the artist was like, they, you know, they 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 were taking inspiration from Horace to put the wings there. I saw it with my own two eyes. I'm like, oh my gosh, really? So. You know, if you say that without giving the backup, you people say, "Oh, you just making it up." You know? They they exactly. say that in the extras. They say that in the extras of the yeah. DVD. Anyone yeah. could go rent it, and and it's about you know six hours long or whatever. But um, that's what's going on. So again, narcissism is always there, complete and through and through. So, video games, books, your entertainment. I got to I got to say this before we go. A lot of we've been talking about false gods, demigods, and all this other stuff. A lot of your rappers, some of your singers too, they believe they're gods, right? Yeah. There's this there's a sect of Islam called um, Five Percenters, and they they have what you call arm, leg, leg, arm, head, which spells out Allah, right? It's the belief that you get 
knowledge of self, basically enlightenment of who you are and all this other stuff. They believe that they're literally gods and that they have the, the, the nation of gods and earth. The earths are the, are the women. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So a lot of these rappers and neo-soul singers, they're singing and rapping about them being God or something related to that all the time. I remember Rakim, my third eye makes me shine like jewelry. <laughs> it's one of his reps. You know, he said, I'm God. G's the seven leather maid. You know, you find that in masonry. Yeah. And all, it, this stuff is everywhere. I'm trying to tell you, you know. Well, so, even the proof, even the proof of these rappers coming out and I actually have a video downloaded. I'm looking at it on my desktop right now. It's Ollie Vegas talking about how if you want to make it in the rap industry, you know, you go to these parties and things happen and. Um, he, he seemed to be indicated talking about sexual magic, you know, and, uh, anytime you, you, that's, that's come from so many people involved in the rap industry yeah, that yeah. To, to make it, you have to get involved in these rituals. And eventually it's like something that's always kind of bothered me is that when Justin Bieber got the owl tattoo on his arm uh -huh. and yeah, it's so, some would say that it, it goes back to Aphrodite really and, and and that's that's interesting to see the there there might actually be something of um that owl actually being traced back to Aphrodite but because there's a sexual component a lot of times with yeah. those rituals involve the owl everybody draws upon the 40 foot stone owl at uh, Bohemian Grove as being representative of Molech but th there might be some deeper levels of complexity there 100% sure and I've I've been wanting to explore that more so I won't talk about it too much for fear of my own ignorance. But, you know, it seemed like when Justin Bieber was coming up, he ended up getting that owl tattoo and it just, it just, it reminded me he wasn't in the rap industry, but there's anytime, at least personally, it seems, this is my opinion at this point, that anytime you see the owl, you're involved in some serious, serious, like, s there's a lot of sexual magic that's going yeah. on there too. Yeah. And, and like sexual magic merged with human sacrifice. Yeah, that yeah. seems to be the key components to it. Not just the sacrificing of children, but there's a sexual component to the sacrifice. So I posted a picture on my Facebook the other day of an owl, I think it was in Alaska, that killed 70 lemmings and used the lemmings as the nesting material for its nest, right? Used the carcasses of the lemmings for the nesting material of its nest. And I just kind of made a little statement on Facebook, and I was like, there's a reason why they built a 40-foot stone owl at Bohemian Grove, and it's not because it's cute. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah, here you have yeah, yeah. And well, when, yeah. Just, when Justin Bieber got that tattoo of the owl on his forearm, you know, it just took me back. What did he get involved with? It wasn't necessarily Bohemian Grove, but what did he get involved with? Because you see those kinds of tattoos showing up on rappers all over the place, too, and you hear their testimonies of, well, if you're going to make it, we ended up, you know, they, they have to do things they don't want to do sexually with other men, you know, homosexual yeah. things. And um, it's just, I don't know, dude, it's crazy. You're right. Yeah. Um, I, I sat down with an a, a A&R from Warner Brothers one time, and we asked a question. Cause we were, you know, at that time, the stuff was going about who's the gay rapper. That's, that was going on for like a decade. Who's the gay rapper, you know? And so we posed a question and asked him who, who, who in the music industry was, you know, gay. And he said, we're not going to call it that. We're going to call it politics. And he named a few names. And one of them was Jay-Z. 
and Buster Rhymes and a couple other ones. But he said that Ice Cube didn't didn't play politics. So, you know, that was that's my I interviewed him, you know, asking him questions. That's what he told me. Whether it's true or not, only they know. But I'm just trying to tell you, that's what he told me. Yeah. And um I, I believe him, you know, because a lot of that stuff goes goes on. But back to the God issue, you know, you have Jay Z. You, you, you remember the, the picture that um of him at the the I think a Lakers game or something where he had a, a medallion on. Well, it, it was Jay-Z right next did? to Beyonce. Yeah, and it had a seven in it. Well, that's a sign of um the five percent nation. Mm, and they they hate they hate white people. They say white people are the devil. So he basically uh makes joking and joking joking and jiving with people that he hates. You know, because they they literally hate y'all. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. Go looking for their doctrine, it's nothing nice. Well, does that tie into like the Boule Society, which is sort of like the Black Masons? Is that? I don't think so. I mean, it could they could possibly be in there. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it because. Or this, so you, but you think that like the five percenters and like the Boule we for it. Well, you see. The five percenters are Islam. Oh, okay. All right. I'm see, with you. Masonry, they take anybody. Yeah. Until you reach a certain level, then you're like, oh, you got to bow down to Lucifer. You know? So. Or go to Europe. Or go to Europe so you can rise to more levels. Yeah, all that stuff. You know? So, what the, the reason I, I bought up music along with all this stuff is, you know, the flood of evil within all of these um, genres or categories, it's heavy. And I, I grew, listen, I was the type of dude that went to school with the headphones on my ear every day. Yeah. Unless my tape recorder was broken or I had no batteries. Um, so I was inundated with that stuff um, from, from um, uh, EPMD, L Cool J, all the way up to Eminem and DMX and all these people. You know, I stopped listening to hip-hop in 2006, the end of 2006, okay? That was my last hit. And th- let me just give a quick testimony about my dealings with it as far as demonic stuff. I I, um, I was listening to a lot of um, uh, Liquid Swords, the Jizza, part of Wu-Tang Clan, right? And I would go to, to sleep with it every night. But in that time, I started going back to church you know, and so certain nights I would start getting held down. I'm like, what is going on? I never had experience like this, you know? What is going on? And I would ignore it, and then it started happening every now and then, and then way too frequently, like every other night, you know? And I was like, I was getting scared and spooked, you know? So I, I would ask church people, you know, oh, you're giving the devil too much credit. I'm like, what? You know, this is happening. Yeah. So, and so I just prayed to God. I said, "Hey, you, you, know. you like you were held down like sleep paralysis, but you did yeah. like ag syndrome stuff too, like pressure on your chest." Yeah, yeah, and and not only just that, I knew when it was one, two, three, and four. Okay, mm-hmm. I knew when it was more than one. So I prayed to God, and I was like, you know, what is going on? I'm praying to you. I don't, I'm scared. Da, 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 whatever I said that night. And I don't know if it was like a day later or a week later, three days later that I got an answer. 
But basically, uh, I had a dream. And the record from the Grave Diggers, which is another part of Wu-Tang, started playing. And then the record started skipping. It was on Diary of, Diary of a Mad Black Man. That was the name of the record. And it started skipping. And a voice said, it's the music that you're listening to while these things are happening. And only thing I know from there is I only had one shot. Because the, the, the last time it happened, I felt them holding my feet and my hands. And through my spiritual eye, I could see one manifest uh, behind my door, but in black smoke, like you've seen in the movies. And I just yelled out, Jesus. I, I, it was a struggle to yell it out, because you know, sleep paralysis is kind of hard. And it just, Jesus, and they flew out. Left. Yeah. That's that's a typical story. That's yeah. That's yeah. It's spot on. Um, have you ever heard of the Tavistock Institute? T.W. Rubs in the comments says, "Us, yeah. That's that's yeah. something I'm interested in looking more into." And we don't have time to talk about them tonight, but um, there's, there's also a there's a PDF online you could download it. Tavistock. It's all about the Tavistock Institute. You'll find it quick. It's really good. Um, do you mind sending me a link sometimes sure. so sure. I can be lazy about it? I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, sure thing. Um, do you see? I mean, I, I know we can keep going and going and going and going. It's it's <laughs> so interesting. There's so much there. I know there's so much there. Um, before I forget this, real quick, before we start really closing out, um, I guess John. I don't know John Pounders that well. I like Now You See TV, and I like I like him. I think their their setup over there is cool. Um, I guess they're getting. He's having problems with his internet provider and so they're being forced to relocate their broadcasting according to uh tw rubs in the comments so yeah if you guys could pray for pray for now you see tv and uh what's going on over there because they reach a lot of people and uh it really stinks when internet gets in the way of being able to read like my internet goes down we don't have nearly the audience that they do and that really stinks sometimes in, in doing videos so pray for them pray that they get things figured out and that it'll work out for the betterment of now you see tv and we certainly have appreciated them. They've had us on several times, and we're actually going to be doing their show, their uh, David Carrico show on Saturday night, uh, the Midnight Ride, I think is what they yeah. call it. Uh, we're, yeah, we're going to end up doing their show on the 24th, I think, which would be really cool. Um, but, Chris, where can people find your broadcasts and stuff, like when they want to go? Because people need to – we need more people listening. Don't let them burn, too, and sharing your stuff. So where can they go to find your, your info? Well – our website is don't let them burn.com. You could also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, scene, scene.life, vid.me, Tumblr, Flickr. <laughs> We're all over the place. But, but the most important place right now for visibility is blog talk radio and YouTube, YouTube, because what we do sometimes, well, most of the times is we put the articles in the video. So you see that we're telling the truth about everything we're talking about. And um, we don't add on to it. We just give it raw. Sometimes we read the articles. Um, last week, we covered a ton of stuff with DNA manipulation. Um, it's not up yet. It's coming up this week. Um, we're going to put it up. We had Doc Marquis on the other night. And we have special guests on every now and then. And then we get into our own thing. But, you know, one of the, one of the, a few of the shows that really need some love is um, Pull Them From The Fire, Part 1, 2, and 3. 
what we talk about in there is all of the music industry, some of the video game stuff, fashion, and some other stuff that it's really geared towards parents and young people that need to hear it, okay? And then we have uh, a three-part series on technology. This was last year, but it's still relevant. It's not old at all. And um, that's some really important information that we cover transhumanism, transhumanism, DNA, drones, brain, brain control drones, and a whole bunch of stuff we cover in those shows. And we're gonna release soon one called The Alien Deception in Movies. I'm okay. working on it, but it's so much to work on that it's, it's taking so long. And we recorded those shows a while back, but they're still relevant. And we give we give you a lot of stuff we talked about tonight, but we, we talk about the Black Cube, Saturn, Portals, yeah. um, Nephilim. The Black Cube, that's an interesting, Black Cube and yeah. Saturnalia, that's an interesting yeah. topic. And, and we don't take it out into realms that you can't understand. We put it in front of you so you can really follow the, the, the dots to make your own conclusion. Mm. So, you know, if you want to find us and send us emails, go to the website, go to the YouTube. I'm, I check most of the stuff, and that's how you can find us. Awesome. Um, do me a favor, because I'm not that good when it comes to this stuff, but I, I'm going to post as many links as I can. But any links you want, send them to me in Messenger or something. I will copy them and put them in the Facebook comments or yeah. the, the YouTube comments so everybody can find them. And uh, the guy I'm talking to is Chris Taylor. I know I've been referring to him as don't let, don't let him burn guy, but that's because we're not professional. <laughs> we're not professional at all. And nobody missed his name. I don't think we actually ever gave his full name. So it's Chris Taylor with don't let him burn. He has a yeah. partner, Rory, that was going to be with us, but for yeah. some reason didn't show up. And my partner didn't show up. This was going to be a, like a 40 minute show, but since it was me and Chris and I had my party hat on, we said, who cares? Let's talk about movies and have a good time. So <laughs> anyway, it's uh, it's yeah, good yeah. stuff. Chris, send me all the links you want in the comments and I'll copy them and paste them in there. And we'll try to throw you some, get some people listening, you know, more people listening to your stuff. Cause you got a lot of good information and uh, we appreciate everybody that hung out with us tonight for show. And uh, interesting stuff, dude. You kind of wrecked my world on the Halo thing. I'm not going to lie. I'd never <laughs> even, never once in my life had I ever applied any brain cells to looking at Halo as anything other than a good time. So, yeah, yeah. But that's, 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 that's what they want you to do. They don't want you to be questioning what they're putting together, you know? So, that's right. You're right, man. But you know what? I don't want to paint the, um, some, of the, some of the company, not all, some of them I don't want to paint with a, with a dark brush. Because what they're really trying to do is take something from here and there and put something together, but they're operating in the spirit of Antichrist that runs this world. Yeah, that's right. It's they may not even realize what they're doing, but there's a there's a spirit over it for sure that that helps guide the process. Yeah, yeah. Or or they have ideas and they don't know where the ideas came from. So anyway, yeah, yeah. cool, man. Well, Chris, it was good hanging out with you tonight, man. Too bad yeah, it's man. too late and everybody needs to go to sleep because yeah, we've all got. We'd love to. I'd do love you to. have do you have a you have a slave job like some of us, or are you like full time ministry? Uh, it's half and half. I do graphics and I uh, do ministry at the same time. I was gonna say because I'm like, man, I'm locked down for ten hours a day, just slaving away. I can't do anything else. Got asked to go home, that kind of thing. I was just wondering yeah. if uh, if you were free and clear doing ministry nonstop. So <laughs> that's where I wanted to go one day, but we'll see what happens. Got All right, on. dude. We'll talk to you later, buddy.
Everybody else, we'll see you when we see you. Peace. If you like our videos, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell to get all our frequent updates.